Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Anne Haynes, who's the founder, president, and CEO of DreamSpring, and Marisa Barrera, who is the chief impact officer. Hello, Anne and Marisa. How are you? And welcome to the show. Great. Thanks so much, Sean. It's great to be here. Thank you, Sean. We're delighted to be with you. Yeah, very excited to speak with you both. Before we dive into the exciting topics that we have prepared for today, if you both wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more information about your background so that our audience can learn a little bit more about you, that would be great. I'm going to go first, Marisa. Oh, sure. Thanks, Anne. I am delighted to have been a part of the Dream Spring team for 27 years now. So 27 years ago, I had the good fortune of meeting Anne and joining her in this mission-based work to support entrepreneurs and small business owners. And it is a passion for me to connect with our clients and our colleagues every day because our shared purpose is making dreams come true. <laughs> I'm just thrilled to be a part of our Dream Spring team alongside Anne. Thank you. That's very mutual. And um, <laughs> one of the joys I've had over these years is being able to work with Manisa. I started the organization in Albuquerque in uh, 1994. So the organization next year will celebrate its 30th anniversary. And what propelled me to begin DreamSpring was the recognition that entrepreneurs are such outstanding catalysts for lasting economic and social change. And that sometimes just putting a little bit of capital and support and belief into the hands of another person can really help that individual make enormous change. So I just feel so passionately about the mission, the work, the clients we work with, and the community involved in the impact. Well said. I know it's been significant. Obviously, I've talked and met with, also recorded a lot of other great episodes with your wonderful team members. So I'm excited to be speaking with both of you now, and especially about the topics that we have prepared. But before we get into that, a couple of good questions to start things off. Obviously, with the name of our show being Scaling Impact, impact is a lot about what we talk about. So first question I have for you both is, can you explain for us what impact means to you? Absolutely. Transformational change, really making a difference in a profound way. And sometimes that profound way can be very subtle. Uh, I think for different individuals, success, transformational change is different from one person to the next, from one community to the next. But I think for me, it's really about helping to propel lasting change that is really brought about by the individuals, families, communities that are engaged in the activities. What are your thoughts, Marisa? Yeah, it can be very personal. So positive impact for one small business owner can look very different from another small business owner. And for us at DreamSpring, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we're a community trust in a sense. We're stewards of the dollars and assets we have as an organization. And so I also think about it as making the most positive difference we can with the resources we have. And so again, sometimes it's very personal. It's making sure that we're here to pick up the phone from a longstanding client who's having a really hard day and needs that 
person on the other end who's championing them. Other times the impact might be more recognizable in a neighborhood as a long vacant lot getting turned into a new storefront. And so it's that neighborhood-based or community-based impact. It takes a lot of different shapes. And ultimately to me, it's about positive change. Love all of that context. The transformational element is so powerful. And what I like about what both of you shared in terms of the context there is very much speaks to the outcomes that the people that you're helping are really looking for, right? I know there's a lot of talk out there about outputs versus outcomes and transformational change certainly speaks volumes when it comes to the outcomes that we're trying to help people achieve. So it's very exciting. And to talk more about that, love to know more. And I think this will also help people get their heads better around uh, DreamSpring as an organization and specifically what the organization does. But can you talk a little bit more as well about how you drive impact today? How does the organization drive impact? Yeah, absolutely. So as a nonprofit community development organization, we're very committed to putting capital into the hands of underserved entrepreneurs and historically underserved communities. For us to make the broadest space economic and social impact, we believe that combining passion and heart and technology to support the scaling of impact are all critical inputs into some of the desired outcomes, Sean, that you are referencing. So driving impact for us has involved setting a very ambitious goal of working and innovating and constantly iterating to achieve a model that can bring about tenfold increase in the number of loans and dollars into the hands of historically marginalized and underserved members of communities. For us, it's really about expanding and deepening access to capital, access to opportunity, and access to hope for a much larger number of entrepreneurs than the base year that we are basing our, our kind of scaling goals off of, which is 2019. What would you add? Yeah, it really is about expanding equitable access to capital. And when we are working with small businesses, it's so important that Every entrepreneur around the country, no matter what their background is, men, women, entrepreneurs of color, individuals with a disability, whoever that person is, if they're dreaming of starting a business and have the tenacity and grit to launch it, we want to make sure that they're championed and have access to capital to start that business or to grow the business. Maybe it's a business that's been around for 30 years and is looking to add new employees at a new location. We want to make sure that all entrepreneurs around the country have access to credit and capital and training and coaching a community of support from DreamSpring for their small business. That's amazing. And it sounds like the work that you're doing here too, in terms of driving this impact helps tremendously with, which I know is a problem that's plagued mission-driven organizations for a while now. And that being, I call it the strings attached problem, where this access to capital, which is so important to achieve the kind of success that we would like to, or replicate it at a different level of scale, is oftentimes has certain strings attached, which limits or stifles innovation. 
in the ways that your organization might want to achieve or the communities that we're looking to help and inject this in capital uh, in as well. Also, I imagine that's also likely the case. So feel free to share any context around that particular challenge as well, too, if you feel uh, like that's relevant. Yeah, it's very relevant because I think for many communities, particularly communities of color, there are historic um, very troubling rates of lack of access to conventional capital from more conventional sources. So there are many, many barriers that underserved populations have experienced in accessing capital and opportunity for business startups as well as business growth, let alone the ability to really kind of scale a product or service in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about strings attached, I think one of the biggest challenges for so many entrepreneurs is even having a door opened, let alone getting to the point where they're given a ball of yarn where there is a string or a yarn attached. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very significant problem. Mm -hmm. And DreamSpring is an organization that was created really to break down some of the systemic barriers to accessing not just capital, but opportunity in the United States. And for those entrepreneurs from those historically underserved populations, being seen and recognized as business leaders, mm -hmm. one of the thoughts occurring to me, Sean, as you pose that question is the Fortune 500 just came out uh, a little earlier in June of this year. And for the first time ever, just over 10% of the Fortune 500 CEOs are women. So finally, a little more than 10% of those CEOs are women, fewer than 2% are Black leaders. And so to me, that encapsulates the distance still to go in really making sure that across the country, anyone with the talent to be a small business owner or the president and CEO of a Fortune 500 company is recognized for their talent and their vision, and that we are providing access to capital to fuel that talent and possibility. And I, I love what you just said, Marisa, because it's such an example of without incredible role models to help any of us know that we can achieve individually, it's really hard sometimes to see ourselves being able to advance and be thought leaders, be agents of transformation in community. So organizations that really support the opportunity for people from all walks of life to transform their own lives and become role models, essentially, for their neighbors, children, communities, is one of the ways that we can help propel some of that critical systemic change that is really needed to have an equitable economy for all. Super well said by both of you. Thank you for sharing that context. And certainly sounds, uh, Marisa, some of the statistics that you've shared Sounds like that there's good progress underway, but a ways to go. And for sure, right, the work that DreamSpring and teams investing in is helping move some of those needles in the right direction, which is exciting. So encouraging progress, but obviously more to come. So thank you for sharing great context around that, which I know is a challenge that a lot of organizations are currently still and still facing. I'm going to shift gears a little bit to talk more about a topic that 
we were planning for this episode, which I know is an area where Dream Springs had a lot of success. And that's the role of a board in a mission-driven organization. So perhaps a great place to start here because we have a lot of nonprofit and mission-driven leaders listening into the show who I'm sure have questions around this in terms of how to ensure that the board is designed as optimally as possible to drive maximum impact for a mission-driven organization. I'd love to hear you both share your thoughts in terms of what you feel like the role of the board really should be for an organization like that. Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Do you want to start, Marisa? Um, absolutely. Uh, so many thoughts come to mind, Sean, when you ask that, and I'll, I'll turn the, the hand over to Anne also. First thing that comes to mind for me is governance. It is so important that a nonprofit board of directors is that governing body that ensures at every turn that organization is stewarding resources and assets to create that maximum positive impact in a community and in pursuit of whatever the organization's mission is. So really being the keepers of the mission is the first thing that comes to mind. And then having that reflected again in all of the decisions undertaken by the president and CEO, and then the staff that that leader supervises. And I think in, in addition to the governance and an oversight, both a fiduciary responsibility, a policy oversight responsibility, and a legal responsibility that a nonprofit board of directors has, and nonprofit board of directors are volunteers because as Marisa used the word stewards, they're stewarding the public trust. And that's a really important element of what a nonprofit organization is responsible for. Nonprofit boards are also responsible for being advocates for the organization, for ensuring sufficient financial resources for an organization, which means nonprofit board of directors mostly do need to get involved in fundraising. I think there are very few nonprofit boards where there isn't you know, some kind of fundraising responsibility that is actually a core part of a nonprofit uh, board role. Also, nonprofit boards of directors really need to have a partnership with the president and CEO. I think very often with nonprofits, there can be a bit of a schism between the vision and actions of the CEO and the vision and uh, direction of a board. And that is not something that a nonprofit, you know, ever wants to have. And for any uh, executives or nonprofit directors that are listening to this podcast, it's so important if that dynamic exists to identify it and then work to bridge that gap because Effective nonprofit organizations have a really synergistic partnership and relationship between the CEO and the board of directors. And when you have transparency 
and clarity of roles and responsibilities, a nonprofit board's role is not to get down into the operations. However, they must oversee the performance ultimately of the organization. They hire and supervise the CEO. And for those organizations that really understand and embrace good governance practices, including the value of a really synergistic relationship between the CEO and a board, those are organizations that really have positioned themselves to scale in an exciting way. Great context. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be helpful for folks out there looking to establish the relationship that's the most uh, productive in terms yes. of driving and scaling impact. So that's mm -hmm. a great place to start from. And I'm sure others have questions related to what I was thinking of next, which is, right, you mentioned a lot of the uh, elements in terms of how the board works with the organization and vice versa. I'm curious to know more about what your best guidelines are or recommendations for keeping the board uh, essentially engaged in the work that the organization is doing. So how do you keep the board engaged in the work that's ongoing so that they can also maximize their impact and track progress? Yeah, engagement is so critical, and it begins before somebody becomes a board of directors. It's really important as a board, unless this is a brand new startup organization where there mm -hmm. isn't a board um, that's been bringing additional board members on, and so the processes clearly are a little bit different. For existing organizations that are looking at how best to engage and inspire the board of directors, certainly it begins before somebody becomes a board member with a series of really thoughtful conversations. There should be a committee of the board of directors, or if it's a very small board to start with, it could be the full board, that evaluate who might be potential candidates that would be great for the organization, where the organization would be great for who they are and the passion they have, then the conversations before somebody becomes a board member are critical, explaining the roles and responsibilities, exposing that individual to what the organization does, um, so that ultimately, when a board votes another board member onto the board, there's already a clear values alignment and absolute clarity about what the expectations of board service are, including active engagement in the responsibilities of a board for that organization. Mm -hmm. Then ongoing clear communication uh, between the CEO and the board, giving the board exposure to the kind of the work uh, that the organization is involved in. For instance, with our board, at the beginning of every board meeting, we start with one of our clients talking about his or her, their experience as an entrepreneur, challenges they're facing, the dreams they have, and their engagement with DreamSpring. Uh, engagement and communication are critical. And do you want to talk about some of the other ways we 
communicate very actively and proactively with the board and engage the board. I think what you just touched on, Anne, is so important in keeping board members' hearts engaged, the regular connection with the small business owners that we serve, because Ultimately, as Anne said, our board members are donating their time to DreamSpring as volunteers. They're not paid board members the way corporate board members are often compensated. They are volunteers. And so, so much of their service comes from their hearts. And it is because they're inspired to lean into the work DreamSpring is doing to try and expand access to business credits. So that regular engagement with the entrepreneurs that we're serving is vital. And some of our board members are former clients of DreamSpring. Mm -hmm. So they are business owners or organization heads because we also provide funding to nonprofit organizations who had had loans in the past from DreamSpring for their businesses operation. They no longer do. The loans are paid in yeah. full because we're also very good about good governance and right. wanting <laughs> to make sure there's never any conflicts of interest. Yeah. Yeah. So some of our board members have that past experience of having actually been a DreamSpring client. And that is vital because they are so able to connect with our clients from that shared experience and bring forth ways that we can continue improving what we do and bring that firsthand insight. We also try and convene our board in person together about four times a year. That, of course, was challenging during the pandemic, and we are now thankfully back to those quarterly in-person meetings because serving alongside a fellow board member is so important and it is vital that they know each other. And so we do have also Zoom meetings and we find that that in-person connection though is critical to board members really feeling like they know each other and they have that shared confidence in each other's perspective and experience. So we are delighted to be back in person. And then monthly, we do provide a communication to our board, uh, a report from Anne as president and CEO, just covering different facets of the organization's financial statements, programming, operations, highlights, so that on a monthly basis, there's a really good summary for any board member to grab and dig into. We actually have lots and lots of other things we could talk about for board engagement. So <laughs> if if you're interested, we can go into many more of them, like the quality of the information we provide, the frequency, how the information supports transparency, making sure there are really strategic questions for the board to be thinking about and engaging in because strategy is partly a board responsibility. Mm -hmm. Strategy is a combined staff and board responsibility. Vision is a board responsibility. And then just to highlight something that Marisa said, boards are comprised of people mm -hmm. and nonprofit boards where you have individuals who are given continuous opportunity for learning and growth, being trained continuously in good governance practices in the industry that's being supported by the organization, and also opportunities to be inspired 
really help create that sense of passion. And with passion for a board member can come a lot of action, activity, advocacy, an individual impact, which then when collective really helps propel the organization's impact. I think you've both done a wonderful job of articulating kind of the role and the importance of having a strong board and then a great relationship organization to the board and vice versa. Plus that engagement is so important, obviously, because it helps each, you know, with accountability, yes. maximizing yeah. impact, all of those elements. You see, you gave tons of great examples. Thank you for that. And one question I have naturally given the name of the show yet again about scaling impact is, I know DreamSpring's done some amazing, miraculous things in terms of scaling impact for the community and everyone that needs it so much. That's been great that we've uh, talked about quite a bit. I'm interested also to learn more about how the board should be expected to change and evolve over the same period of time. So it's almost like as the organization's working on scaling impact and the board's helping them with that, how's the board scale along that way as well too? And are there any changes maybe in particular that have happened with DreamSpring's board? And any other recommendations or best advice you might have for other organizations out there who may not necessarily be thinking of that uh, in terms of updates that they'll need to make along the way as well? Yeah, it's such a great question, Sean. Do you want to start? Yeah, some of the things that come to mind first for me, Sean, in terms of our board's evolution alongside DreamSpring's evolution is um, really making sure that our board is representative of the client base that we serve, our geographic service area. And so right now, DreamSpring is on a path to becoming a national community development financial institution. And again, it's part of that vision of wanting to make sure that entrepreneurs everywhere in the United States have access to business capital. We serve right now 27 states. And so over the last five years or so, we have seen our board become more geographically diverse, which is important because there are different community perspectives, different metro market perspectives, different industries that our board members are bringing to the table for the benefit of DreamSpring's growth and evolution in impact. We also are very, very proud to have a board that is comprised of right now 70% of our board members are leaders of color. And that is vital because one of the priority populations we are dedicated to serving, as we mentioned earlier, are entrepreneurs of color. And 60% right now of our board members are women. And so we do find that it is important to cultivate through the board's nominating and governance process, really mindful identification of board members who bring the experience, the networks, the background that are needed for a nonprofit's mission fulfillment. And so I'll pause there and see what Anne would like to add. That's what came to mind for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, our our board, uh, because we started as a New Mexico-based organization, of course, had started as a completely New Mexico-based board of directors. And as DreamSpring grew throughout the Southwest, we grew our representation on the board of directors of leaders 
from throughout the Southwest, not just exclusively New Mexico. And now that we're moving towards lending on a national basis and providing service to entrepreneurs across the country, we're continuing very mindfully to grow the representation leadership of the board so that it really is representative of entrepreneurs from different parts of the country, across the country. Mm-hmm. Now, we could choose to have a very large board and with mm-hmm. 50 states and territories, there certainly would be you know, that option. And there are some nonprofits that do have very large board, excuse me, very large boards of directors. As we've continued to look at how the board can and should develop to really optimize the potential for the organization to scale impact, the board has made a decision to increase uh, its geographic representation, its skill set, but also has chosen to remain really quite small. I think the benefit of that is it's created a great opportunity for board members really to develop those meaningful relationships that we were talking about earlier, Sean, engagement, and to have the opportunity for a really active voice in the future direction of the organization. So our board has 10 individuals on it. And one of the ways we did evolve, and this was very intentional, is when the organization was started 29 years ago, I think we at one point maybe had close to 25 board members. And over time, the Governance and Leadership Excellence Committee of the board felt that it would be more beneficial to have have a smaller board of directors. Also, because DreamSpring in our commitment to scaling impact brought a technology platform in-house and we're really constantly developing the software that we own, we have brought technology expertise onto the board. So I think One of the things that's valuable for a board of directors to do, and really quite important, is to look at what are the short-term and long-term strategic goals of the organization, and how can the board's composition, the development it goes through, the membership, best align to support those strategic goals? Tons of great advice. Uh, There's so much more that we could obviously dive into that uh, is excellent for other organizations to hear and learn from the success that you've had. So thank you for sharing. And uh, obviously, thank you for everything that you do. It's incredibly impressive progress that the organization has made and so much help that is provided to the community and others. And I know I'm very excited to learn more about where things go from here, because I know there's also big plans in the works. So there'll be a lot more to continue to talk about as we continue to produce more content around uh, the mission of DreamSpring and the wonderful impact that it's bringing to lots of people who need it most. So thank you both for being here. But before we let you go, a couple questions um, that I have for you, which would be good for our listeners to hear as well also. And that could be anything oven related to what you want to share about the organization in terms of where people can go to learn more, how folks can get involved in different ways, any of the needs that DreamSpring has and anything you'd like to share with the audience that way as well too. And then anything you have in terms of 
contact information you want to share or who should reach out uh, and where they should go in order to do so if any of that information would be different would be amazing to share please Sure. We would love to connect with any of your listeners, Sean. And one of the easiest ways to start is going to our website, which is www.dreamspring.org. And there you will find links to our social media. You'll find our phone numbers. Our main number is 1-800-508-7624. And we really look forward again to connecting with your audience. Amazing. Thank you both so much for being here, Medisa, and Anne. Uh, wonderful content for our audience. So thank you for sharing. Um, and all of the details around the success you've had with DreamSpring. And please continue to do this amazing work because the world needs it. Well, Sean, thank you so much. It's just been a delight to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Impact. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you'd like to learn how to scale impact at your nonprofit organization by more than double in less than half the time, I encourage you to sign up for my free five-day email course at nextstep.io forward slash impact. That's nextstep.io, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io forward slash impact.